Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guess what I'm drinking? Pabst Blue Ribbon. Nope. Oh. This is a Budweiser Heavy. <laughs> okay. Budweiser Heavy. Gotta get that diesel. It's a normal Budweiser. It's called a Budweiser Heavy. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, it's the it's dis- delicious. This is all we had in the fridge. So. Oh, is it skunky? It's not skunky. It's bit. I mean, skunky. It just tastes like Budweiser, which is. Oh, I mean, I've never had a problem with it. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's a lager, you know, hard to complain. <laughs> Are you ready to begin the show? I'm ready to begin the Crunch Podcast. The Crunch Podcast? Okay. The Crunch Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this, this Budweiser is heavy. Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that's a little worried about starting to do lunges. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. I thought you were going to say, welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that thinks we should all take this coronavirus thing a little more serious. I don't know. This seems like it's <laughs> going to be a big thing. I don't know. You guys heard of this yet? Yeah, I was hoping uh, I was hoping you'd ask me. It was a two-parter. I was hoping you'd ask me about what I said, but instead you made your own joke. I'm sorry. I, I'm let's go back I'm to your stuck. lunges. Let's just... Go back, right back. What? Why? Why did you make that joke? Well, it just would be a big step forward. See, usually, usually how you <laughs> <laughs> come on, you gotta, That's you gotta funny. let me tell my That's joke funny. instead of just stomping over me like some kind of comedy oh, troll. So the the thing is, no, here's the thing. When I pitched, when I pitched that bit to you, where you say "Welcome to the Crunch," the only podcast that blank. That was supposed to be the joke, not the well, setup for a punchline. Well, but this time it's different. Like sometimes it's you got to mix it up. I so see. It was, I see. I see. I feel like so. Your plan was to set up a joke. Yes. Without in the place where I was expecting a joke, and you were expecting me to just be like, "I'm sure there's going to be a joke eventually." Well, I thought so. Actually, no, that's fair. I yes. should have. I should have expected. Yes, this. I was. This is on me. It is. I'll take the L on this one. I really mean it when you are a comedy troll because I feel like every time I'm trying to make a joke, <laughs> I have to pay. <laughs> I have to pay the tax. Patrick comes out from under the bridge and says, what if you told my joke instead and also gave me $50 on Patreon? And then, and then Ethan's like, my big brother, the medium-sized Billy Goat Gruff, is much tastier than me. Yes. Please, please give all of your feedback to him and not to me. Please give all of your feedback to my brother, the bigger Billy Goat Gruff. Please, sir, let me cross your bridge so that I can tell my stupid lunch joke. I'm going to lunge across your bridge, taking taking these big steps. Anyway, thank you. That's on me. No, I forgive you. Thank you. 
I should have warned you before the podcast. I should have said, "Hey, roll with me on this. Roll with me on this." Just and then I, but I didn't play along. I just, yeah. But I think it's more fun because now we have this. Someone out there is drawing fan art right now of me crossing a bridge, and you <laughs> under the bridge, hurling jokes at me. Just make sure that when you make fan art of this podcast, you have to. I promise, my mustache does connect to my beard. You have to make it connect. What's the? If you don't make it connect, it looks like I've got like boogies under my nose. That's what it looks like. Has there been? Fan art of you where it doesn't connect? Yeah, someone made fan art, but my beard didn't connect. Hmm. So I looked so I looked silly. How big of a fan are they, really? Oh, uh, I mean if they're not connecting your mustache to your beard. They were big enough fans to, to draw to, us. That's true. So I was incredibly honored and it was my lock screen for the top one percent of the top one percent. We need some fan art in the Discord. Please put some fan art in see, the Discord. We can joke about fan art, but we can't earnestly request fan art because then it wouldn't. Sure, be, you can. Then it's a now it's a commission. Now it's a it's no 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 no. Yes, we want fan art. I don't. Don't you don't need to draw pictures of us. Don't draw pictures of me. You can draw pictures of Patrick to your heart's content. I want you to draw Kadir John. I want you to draw Eleazar. You can draw Dr. Ethan's dating corner. You can draw like the like stills from the da- Dr. Ethan's dating corner. You can draw a guy getting shot in both of his legs 11 feet up mm-hmm. on Stanwick Street or whatever the bit was. This feels very much like how can we get more of our listeners to do more free stuff for us? That is what it feels like, but <laughs> that's not what that is that what is. it is. But in an, <laughs> That is what it feels but like. Also, it's also what it is and also yes. But it's not wrong. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's just fun. <laughs> yeah. See, I can't draw these things. Like, this is what this is this is what I what I was thinking. Maybe we should do fan art. <laughs> I'm so bad at drawing. I am too, but I think I think that would be more fun. I'll make Sean. I'll like force my brother to do fan art. He used to he used to do animations, and they were very good. Oh. Hmm. They were like they, he used to have these little cartoon characters he would draw, and like I yeah. seriously think they could be web comics if he like if he like published them. They they have like a they have like a cute little like personality to them and they're it's a unique design and it's fun. But I was thinking, remember remember how like animated mm-hmm. animated segments of podcasts were a thing? Like you send me something from a Bam Bam or something. Yeah, and it's like I would love it if we could do that. We did it for a like, minute. Somebody was doing it for us. I don't remember who. No, no, someone was doing animated words. Oh, you're talking. Someone. Oh, you're yeah, like actual I mean, like, drawings, like animation of us yeah. talking. Yeah. Yeah. Alex was doing. I don't know if he still listens. Shout out Alex. Yeah. Um. He was doing. He was doing that for us for a while. Yeah, that was, was cool. Remember, remember that season. That was cool. It was interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. I just didn't know how to keep it going. I just didn't know what was up. I didn't. I didn't really understand. I still don't really understand the organization that he works for, and how one how it's funded, and two, why they were willing to give us money and put us on the Catholic speaking circuit. But they didn't have the power to do that. That wasn't what it was. But he promised us that. He used that to lure us in. Hmm. I feel like I was we were this close to being a part of a Catholic pyramid scheme with that. No, no. There was no I remember having conversations with him and I was like, there's no commitment on our side, right? And he's like, Yeah. There was no commitment on our end. Sure. But there's also no commitment on their end because they stopped doing stuff for us. Yeah, there was a good there was so, a, it was a it was a fun time yeah, while it lasted. That's what I mean. It was just like, man, I feel I already had abandonment issues once. You know, I don't really <laughs> need them again from some guy on Twitter.com. Ethan, how would you feel if you listened to a podcast for five years and you were like, I wonder if those guys remember me. And then four years later, out of nowhere, they just start dunking on you on the show you listen it's, to. I'm not dunking on Alex. I think Alex was great. I have questions about the 
what who he worked for. Oh yeah, that's a all. good point. Yeah, I don't know who he worked. That's for. that's all I'm saying. And I also don't know what their goal was or what their aims were and why they were helping. Like I just don't. I was young and dumb and full of and then full of aerosol cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I like how most people just call that whiz cheese or cheese whiz. Yeah. You call it aerosol cheese. Yeah, it's aerosol cheese. Which gives it some scientific allure. You know? <laughs> I forgot the name for cheese was. <laughs> it's aerosol cheese. I don't know. What was I talking about? Have you heard about this thing going on with Twitter? No. Patrick, maybe. Oh, you mean you mean Elon buying Twitter? The worst yeah. thing that I could imagine. Someone on no. Discord someone on Discord was like, why is it that bad? I'm like, honestly, I don't know. It doesn't really matter, <laughs> but it is bad. I don't care. <laughs> oh, I love how upset it makes you. I think it's great. Great for the platform. Great for free speech. You know what? Don't roll your eyes. At oh, me. sorry. That that wasn't. I, could you hear that through the podcast? <laughs> me rolling my eyes. What do you, do you not think it's good for free speech? Oh my gosh, free speech is like if you say tradition at a theology on tap, everyone uh-huh. just like nods They're and like, it's yes. like, yeah, that's a super yes, important thing. We need that. Yeah, that's a really yeah, for sure. Really care about like ressourcement. You know, it's very important. Free speech, fine. You know, it free speech costs forty three billion dollars. Whatever. You know. <laughs> hmm. Are you upset about the number? What I don't understand what what part of it you're upset about. So I mean, I'm first of all I'm upset at Twitter for existing and doing what it does. Okay, sure, fair. I'm also upset that one person is capable of buying it. Okay, that's I'm also upset about that. That's fine. And I'm upset that one of the first things that he does is is make <laughs> fun of another billionaire. It's like okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been checking and seeing what he's up to. He like posted, he's posting memes like about current Twitter employees and about how they like have this unhealthy bias and is like posting Joe Rogan references and memes and all these things. It's just kind of, I, I am neither like, I'm not a Elon boy. I'm not, a, I don't want a Tesla. I really don't care about SpaceX. I'm perfectly content to die on this planet. I'm, I don't feel the need <laughs> to die on a different planet. In fact, I think you should die on In this fact, planet. I think if you have... Go to Mars, great, but just come back to die, really. Some would say, this is a hill I'm willing to die on. <laughs> <laughs> a perfectly spherical hill. That's <laughs> a perfectly spherical hill yeah. floating on yeah. the back of a turtle, on the back of four elephants, on the back turtle. of another turtle. I don't think that going to space is going to solve any of our problems. If anything, it's going to exacerbate them. Can you imagine... You go to space, right? Sure. You're in a you're in a colony on Mars. There's how many people would be in a colony on Mars? You think? At least two. Okay. And they're all men because men are from Mars. Men are men are from Mars. You go to Mars. Are they gonna have the internet up there? Probably not. No. You know the internet is satellites. (laughs) (laughs) So I just like let's say you're on you're in Mars and you're you're in high school. And you just don't like anybody in your class. Like, you can't find a girlfriend. There's no other high school. You can't say, like, oh, I have a girlfriend. She goes to another school. There's no other school. She lives in Mars, Canada. <laughs> she lives in Mars, Canada. You don't know her. Oh, I met. how'd you meet her? I met her online. There's no internet. There's right? no internet. Right? Like, you just, yeah. I just can't imagine. Like, people will go there, and they'll be like, frick, all the old stuff that I used to use is done. You're telling me that the advances of the technocratic future solving problems will only create more problems that the technocratic future has to solve. What would give you that? What would give you that impression? The last 300 years? Is that yes. is that what would give you that impression? I think we should get internet on Mars before we put people there. 
<laughs> for their own survival. Because I think if we send people to Mars with no internet, they will die. I mean, and they'll, they'll kill each other. They'll they'll be like, oh frick, there's no Tinder on. There's no Mars Tinder. There's no, like what what I'm so bored and I'm stuck in space and the gravity's <laughs> off, so that already makes you know everything strange. I'm gonna walk outside the airlock and die and die and and then. You got to develop a whole team. It's like, all right, let's go get all the people who have walked out of the airlock today because there's no Mars Tinder. Like that has to be a whole governmental program now. Do you see what I'm saying? I think it's good that he bought Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) You're just like, now that he bought Twitter, the people on Mars will have something to do. now Now that he bought Twitter, maybe he will put Tinder on Mars. And I think that's fine. Elon is going to put a little flag with a little blue bird on it on Mars. What I think Elon should do, first thing I think Elon should do, I think he should make... This is actually... Yes. Yeah, I point. think he should make Twitter subscriptions across the board. Okay. I think he should make everyone... Like a dollar a month? What do you think? Every account, two ninety nine a month, or you don't have that account. Wow. But he's never going to do that because that's not free speech. It's literally not. It's literally it's not free paid, speech. Paid speech. Yes, it's paid speech. <laughs> but also, you are paying for your speech already like twitter is not a free speech platform someone when your child is about to be born in a couple days and when my child is about to be born in several months we're going to have to pay someone to get that baby out of there so really is anything free no no except for the grace of god the love of the game (laughs) (laughs) except for <laughs> no, not even the love of the game, because Tony the Tiger's got to come in, pay for your oh, sports he does, equipment. He does. Here's some free uh, 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 flags for your flag football. Here's some team. free flags for your flag football. Team. And also a coupon for a dollar <laughs> off your favorite box of General Mills. Don't forget to cut off the box tops for education. I've learned nothing from box tops. Those are crap. I, I'm not an Elon guy. I'm not an anti-Elon guy. I, I think Elon is neither good nor bad. I think he exists in the in the chaotic neutral space. Right, which I think is amazing, because there's a lot of people that just don't like him. Right, there's some people that are a bit too attached to him for being, you know, they think he's the some kind of messiah. There's some people that really hate him because they're like he's the worst. I think he's just a guy who is in a position to really just buck all trends and conventions, and he, he finds it to be interesting, and so he's just doing it to see what happens. Right, and we're seeing what happens. It's kind of I don't know. It's interesting because nothing like this has, mm, I'm going to say nothing. The coronavirus was a real mask off moment for a lot of people. So to speak. So to speak. Um, Mask off as masks were coming on. But for some people, it's like, really, they're they're just starting to lose their minds. Can I tell you how I would change Twitter if I was a CEO? (laughs) The the worst part about Elon taking over Twitter is everyone is asking this question of themselves. Yes. What would I do if I was a regular guy who had well, a dad who owned a diamond mine in South Africa? And you know, <laughs> oh, Elon shows us that a regular guy smoking weed on Joe Rogan can become a yeah a regular guy. You know who there there I think there are exactly zero billionaires that were just regular guys. Regular guys. There's yeah. no, there's none of them. So it's absolutely zero. Bill Gates. Bill Gates's mom was on the board at IBM. Bill Gates' dad was like a bank. Yeah, it started in a garage. His mom because, was impregnated yeah. by a bank. <laughs> His dad was a bank. Um, I, Just a I stone think, structure. 
you may, you mentioned like he's in the position to buck all trends. It's interesting to watch him do it. I think that's true. Jeff Bezos is also in the position to um, amass restructure society yes. to to fit his own personal wealth. And I think that's interesting to watch too. Yeah. I, I think both actions are morally neutral. I agree. Um, but both of them are bad. Sure. Well, <laughs> and it, so you just contradicted yourself. <laughs> both of them are morally neutral, but I hate both I hate of them. Both so of them. in the same way, in the same way that I don't like grape jelly on peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. But Jeff is doing it. He's doing it lame. He's doing it boring. He's like, I'll buy the Washington Post, which apparently is not a restriction of free speech somehow. I saw someone with a very interesting point that was like basically declaring Twitter to be the the public the digital public square right is is it makes sense on paper because it feels like everybody's on twitter because all of the media people are on twitter it's not actually true it's yeah. only like i don't know 200 million some people are on twitter and uh and i think that's and that's global that's globally right so yeah. like most people don't have twitter um and even it's like out of the people that are on twitter the percentage of people that post content is like 10 percent you know but everyone who's super online feels like Twitter is the world. Yes. And he's like, oh, wow, this tweet got 100,000 likes. You realize how small 100,000 is in like the, compared to 8 billion? It's just not. There's... There, are, there are 20-year-olds banking 5 million views of video on YouTube. But what his point was, or like someone was saying, like, this is crazy because this is not the public square. How, how dare Elon Musk try to, uh, you know, confine public discourse to his, his company? basically um and this guy just like reposted a an image of just like i think it was just the washington post and just the image of it he's like this is what you guys are basically describing what newspapers are it's just like yes. a small percentage of people that write the news that get distributed to everybody to quote unquote everybody yeah, yeah. and it's the same thing that the abc cbs and nbc just power yeah. concentrated in the hands of a few it's kind of how it's always been and so i what I would do is I would make it so that you could really customize Twitter. I would like to uh, not see any retweets. I don't want to see what people like. I just want to see the tweets of the people that I follow. Um, and if I go onto their profile and look, I'd be able to see their retweets. But I just I would just like a feed where there are no, there's no extra extra added stuff. I would pay for that. I would pay two ninety nine a month just to be able to see in chronological order. The tweets of the people that I follow. Incredible. And I think if he if he made it customizable to like each person's preferences, I'm sold. Like we just are used to social media being the way that it is. It's like completely algorithmically controlled. Like what if you could actually control what you saw and what you didn't see? Of course, nobody makes money that way. But no, of course not. And I think two ninety nine a month is not even close to what they make per user. Certainly. I don't know. Um. Free speech ain't free, baby. But then all of the all of the goofy Twitter accounts I made in high school get deleted. So who's to say if it's bad or not? There's an account that you should follow that I've been I've been perusing. It's called Crazy Ass Moments in U.S. Politics, and it's just anything in the last 200 some years of just like wild stuff that's happened <laughs> that like senators, Supreme Court judges, federal level judges, like any anybody involved in politics. Uh, it's amazing. And I've I've spent far too much time. I really I I see some of these and I'm like, man, Patrick would enjoy this. Patrick would enjoy it. Yeah, I should I should follow it. I don't know. <sighs> see, this is why uh, this is why we got to change our logo because we we are just real highbrow. We're intellectual conversations. We don't the blue the blue and yellow polka dots. We've surpassed no. it. Lemon nobody's, milk. No one no one's looking at a 
blue and blue and yellow polka dotted themed podcast and thinking like those guys insinuated that Bill Gates' dad was a bank. <laughs> that his dad was just a building made of mortar and stone. That's not your man. That's a that's brick and mortar. <laughs> that's IB that's the IBM. <laughs> if your man is amassing wealth for himself and uh consolidating power to eradicate small businesses, that's not your man. That's IBM. Hey Becky. Hey Barbara. Nice to see you outside of work. Is this is my husband Rob? Oh, so I've heard so much about you, Rob. Nice to meet you. This is my husband, First United. <laughs> the bank, Rob. Rob, the bank. bank. Get down to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Good job. Thanks. That was funny. We didn't even plan that. No, we didn't, we didn't even plan, plan it. it. It was no, great. One of my favorite bits that that uh, that that Phoebe and I do all the time is the the bank robber who uh, confuses different conjunctions. Hold on, I'm ready. Put the money in the bag and everyone gets hurt. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or everyone gets hurt. Put the money in the bag, but everyone gets hurt. Wait, wait. <laughs> I'm confused. What's the cause? Put of everyone in here? the bag and no money gets hurt. <laughs> anyway, I don't have a Pittsburgh news. I feel like that's okay for this. Really? Week. Yeah. Dang. Do you need one? No. Ever since that one person dissed on Pittsburgh News in the survey, <gasps> I'm like, I'm like, forget about it. We're done. You guys have you've ruined it for everybody. No, I just think I'm only gonna do it once in a while when there's actually a really good story instead of trying to force it. And a bunch of people said they like the banter in the beginning. I so mean, that's what we're here for. That's how give it them 15 minutes of it. 15 minutes of the good juice. 15 whole minutes, of that good stuff. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I, I even, I even think the same could be said about Doctor Ethan's dating corner. It's like if we get a really good one. You know, we, we throw it, it in there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could even have a segment segment where we try a new segment <laughs> where we talk about which segment we like the best. I think that's a good idea. Do we have a good dating corner for this week? Not that I'm ready to do it now, but we have, we have quite a few. We've got good stuff. Okay. We so have quite a few. Yeah. In a, in a couple of weeks we can start maybe spacing them out. You yeah. Know, and just some people in the, uh, in the Patreon, uh, discord tab. What are the channel channel? I'm so bad at this channel. Yeah. Uh, we're coming up with some really great ideas for for new segments. So if uh, oh, was that recent? That was recently. Yes. So you should uh, one, you could join us on Patreon. Patrick can talk about that later. Or two, go to bit.ly/crunchdiscord. You join the Discord. Yeah, you should. And, We've uh, gotten ever since. Uh, so I, I dropped. I so I I, so I used dynamic insertion for us instead of for other people. Huge. And I I dropped um I dropped a bunch of ads I dropped an ad block at the end of the po- of every podcast and I cycled through four ads one that adverts one that reminds people to do Patreon Discord and oh good and 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 comment and giving a review and all that um so you're gonna hear that for a while until I decide you know this mm-hmm. is until I decide that's enough but um. <laughs> A bunch you're gonna, of you're gonna listen to these ads until Patrick the comedy troll decides. <laughs> that you've had I, I mean, but but I think I think a lot of it is like a lot of our listeners, a lot of our fellow crunchers are behind. All right, yeah. they're like a yeah. year or yeah. so back because some people on the survey said they listen to multiple episodes a week, which means people are that's trying to crazy. catch up. No, that's, that's how I listen to podcasts sometimes. Oh. That's how I listen to podcasts sometimes. And yeah. so I threw a bunch of ads on the on our back catalog so they could find out about the Discord and join it. Like we are way cooler. Imagine listening to us four years ago. Ah, weird. And it's just like, man, those guys, lame, lame, not married, lame. not dads. Listen to us now, married, dads, lame, have a Discord. <laughs> Weirdly, went from being millennials to being Gen Z. It's, it's went fine. from hating Twitter to being off Twitter to being on Twitter 
to being like pro Twitter to upset Patrick to being <laughs> there's all kinds of we we run the whole gamut is what I'm saying. Yeah, I wear yeah, so I wear Henley shirts now with buttons instead of a collar. <laughs> took me years to get on this game. Dude, Henley shirts are the are the bomb. I feel powerful. Yeah, so it's, all of the all of the ads are just are just reminding people That's that cool. hey, you know, five hey. bucks a month on Patreon yeah. is about a dollar an episode. So yeah. if you think this episode is worth a dollar, why not give us uh, five bucks a month on Patreon? Pitch in. It's a lot of um. If yeah, if you, if you do your monthly budget, five bucks. I support I support a podcast or two. You can uh, you can you can make it work. Paying each other for content. Ever since the the baby announcement last week, your wife and my wife, I feel like I've been texting nonstop about oh yeah about baby things yes which is very exciting that it they, is very exciting they have a it used to be that their only thing in common was that they're married to a podcaster and now <laughs> they're moms now, now they're moms together yes um so it's fun it's it's fun to see how uh a wife once averse to talking to other people generally speaking um is now like oh i need to talk to moms mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like how i was like when i was getting married i was like oh i need to talk to a bunch of dads Mm-hmm. it's kind of what you do you're like i need to find other people right. who for what i understand emma also doesn't doesn't talk to many people she's she talks to her friends but she i would say she's yeah. sometimes uh of a similar persuasion where she's like you know what i just want to kind of not do anything or i don't want to do this yeah. yeah i would i would yeah. rather lay down i would rather not do that like yeah. imagine imagine if i told you ethan yeah um hey we're going we're going to uh we're going to a random alpha gathering we're going to go to alpha um, there's going to be about 40 people there. Most of them strangers, half of them probably not Christian. And we're going to go evangelize them. What would you say? Great. Can we go now? Right. Let's, let's go. Like, let's can, we, can we get there early? Yeah. Like, can we pregame? Like, <laughs> is there a way I'm that, in. Is there a way to I'm... invite the non-Christians to take shots with us in the parking lot before we go into <laughs> the alpha event? Now, typically speaking, what would Emma and Phoebe say to such an invitation? Emma would not say anything. She would just look at me like, just kind of <laughs> not disgust. And not confusion, but like on that spectrum of just, yeah. why would you think I would do that? You know, <laughs> it would be, it would be that. You're like, you're like handing her the fireball and Bailey's shot in the parking lot. And she's like, come on, what are you doing? Get going. On. You got to catch go, up. Let's go. You gotta- <laughs> Emma, if you're listening to this, please don't drink. You're pregnant. Just got to remind you of that. I know it's not Pittsburgh news. What's this? But get okay. this. The duck is a detective. Pet duck leads police to body of missing woman. Granddaughter charged with murder. Whoa. Okay, not Pittsburgh. Wow, really? Uh, not they Pittsburgh. They really buried the lead on that one because I was all about the. They were- <laughs> oh, a duck is a detective. That's how fun. Murdered granddaughter. <laughs> granddaughter charged with murder. Oh, charged with murder. Okay, yeah, go for it. A pet duck led police to crack the case of. A- oh, we're doing it. We're doing a not Pittsburgh news. So you're telling me this segment is just you, you found an interesting news story that happened to be in Pittsburgh and you yes. wanted to talk about it. I, that is correct. Okay. And we're going to do it every week. <laughs> There's always I news knew- in Pittsburgh. We're talking about Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. We're going to be talking about Pittsburgh for the rest. If, if you think maybe you want to do like a, oh, let's give Ethan a break. We're going to do the Oklahoma City. No, we're not doing Oklahoma City. <laughs> we're talking about Pittsburgh news. Regan, can, can you make, make a bumper not for Pittsburgh not Pittsburgh news? <laughs> Just say not and then play the Pittsburgh News bumper. Thanks. 
Police say a male victim was shot on both legs in an 11th floor apartment on Sandwich Street. People that live inside there were not done to hear the news. I can't recall like one single incident besides like an alarm going off or like, you know, like a dog not getting a potato chip bag stuck on its head. She reportedly suffered a broken arm and lacerations from the deployed airbag. Her parrot was not fine. Angel told officials was not arbitrary. This is from the Discord, bit.ly slash crunch discord. A pet duck led police to crack the case of a missing North Carolina grandmother who vanished over two years ago and led to murder charges against the victim's granddaughter and grandson-in-law, officials said. Angela Wamsley, 46, and Mark Allen Barnes, 50, got, were charged with first-degree murder Thursday oh, no. in the death of Wamsley's grandmother, Nellie Sullivan, the Buncombe... Hmm? <laughs> the Buncombe County Sheriff's <laughs> Office announced. <laughs> Emma, get my Buncombe! <laughs> These hairs aren't going to comb themselves. <laughs> Officials say Sullivan would be 93 today if she were still alive. She went missing sometime in 2020, according to the sheriff's office. Wow. Uh, we did not have a definitive date when she was killed, Aaron Sarver said. However, police believe she's been dead for multiple years. Oh. Wamsley and Barnes have been under investigation in connection to Sullivan's death since December 2020. At first, they were arrested on charges spanning animal cruelty and drug possession, but by December 2021, Barnes was charged with concealing the death, and Wamsley received the same charge on January 7th, the sheriff's office said. Okay. For years, investigators searched for Sullivan without a trace. A breakthrough in the case came on April 14th when a pet duck dashed under a trailer in Chandler, North Carolina, which led its owners to discover a container holding Sullivan's body. Wow. Apparently, the duck ran underneath the trailer at 11 beady-eyed lane. <laughs> what is this place? I don't know. <laughs> and they were chasing after their pet duck. They ran across the container that Nellie Sullivan was located in. If I could give that duck a medal, I would. <laughs> I mean, you could. <laughs> so they're under, they're in this crawl space. Yeah. And the duck, the duck's just under there. Right. I think they ran under the trailer. They ran under the trailer and they found a container and they thought this could have a body in it. Let's open this guy up. Oh, there's a body. I don't know. It maybe seems they smelled like it? maybe. Yeah. Maybe the duck was like, maybe the duck was like quacking at the body. Like right. kind of like how like dogs bark. Yeah. yeah. Like a bloodhound, but right. it's a blood duck. Who and... trained this duck? And also <laughs> why? Duck detective. Yes. I love ducks. I want to... Oh, my gosh. It's not a duck story, but I have a goose story. Phoebe okay. and I were on a walk the other day, okay. and there was a goose just standing there. <laughs> and we were like... A bike drove by, and the goose was unbothered. And I was like, this goose is probably fine. And we were walking up, and I was like, this goose is not fine. Because he started walking towards us, and his head was like low, and he was like... Eh. And I was like, oh, this... uh yeah, I was like, this goose is not pleased. And I was like, listen, man, this is a human trail. You got to get on the gu- the, do- the goose trail. The goose trail. And he almost got my goose. Uh, he, he always came up to us and I was like, oh, no. And we walked the other way. <laughs> Can I tell you an interesting thing about geese? I have seen a goose. I don't know if you've been to a shopping mall recently. Shopping malls were very big in the American uh, culture in the 80s and 90s. You've heard of this. I've heard of shopping it's malls. It's a collection yes. of stores. Okay. So. Yeah. Sometimes I go to the shopping mall just because you have to because there's no other, you know. You got to get a tie, and there's only ties at Dillard's, JCPenney, Macy's. Dillard's, and-, and sometimes there's no other time that works for you to see the Batman rated R except for at the movie theater inside the mall. The mall. And so you got to go. Yeah. You got to go check it out. So I go to the mall once, and then I went to the mall for some other thing. Both times, different malls, there was a goose <laughs> standing sentinel, or rather sitting, 
right in front of the door to the JCPenney. Two different malls. Two different geese. JCPenney, two different geese, different cities. Geese, just sitting, staring. Huh. Outwards. They're not looking in. They're not like yearning for some type of capitalistic <laughs> life, right? They're not They're not looking in at the, the perfume section. Sure. They're staring out at the parking lot, sitting. Just waiting. No discernible eggs or nests or anything like that. Just has theft gotten that bad? <laughs> they, they, they need a guard need, goose. <laughs> they need a guard goose. Listen, if ducks can find bodies, geese can guard. Ducks can yeah. buy, that's true. It's, There's it's, a labor shortage in this country. It's true. Labor's labor's hot right yeah. now. I mean, they'll hire, they the geese fly by and they see that sign that says up to fifteen dollars an hour. Whoa. Whoa. I'd love to get still get paid seven twenty five. <laughs> Sign me up. Uh poor geese, you know. Was that the rest? That was the whole. Duck I mean, story. there was more like that, but it's like okay, the gu- the the go- the goose, the geese, the duck found a body. The duck found a body. See, when I thought it was like a duck detective, I was thinking a duck detective. In my mind, I was imagining some kind of like they're at the police station. Wham! Door gets kicked down. Duck steps in with a long shadow cast across the floor and goes. Well, good for the duck. A victory for justice. That's kind of funny that that's the that you're right. They buried the lead on that one. The the reporter was like, "Ah, oh, that's so cute." The duck. Oh, look at the duck found. The, the duck uncovered no. uncovered years of elder abuse and then yeah, years of elder abuse, murder and and conspiracy and, and deal conspiracy. drug dealing. <laughs> I guarantee you these people are sitting in their trailer going, ah, <laughs> which is all that it takes to get convicted for the crime of conspiracy. <laughs> you all know that. <laughs> officer uh i saw this man he was um he's about six foot tall he had slick back black hair and he had a mustache that he kept twirling oh that sounds like conspiracy all right <laughs> that's first degree conspiracy mustache twirling is a crime in all 50 states and guam shout out to our Hello. listener in guam all right shout, shout out guam. guam okay um yeah we can do a topic you have a topic i i have like a a baby topic the baby topic was last week. Sorry, it's not about babies. It's a small. I will talk about babies. I would too. I mean, I love. We got another ultrasound today. Kid grew like, I don't know, twice. They they grow they grow pretty quick at the beginning. They're growing fast. He went from like a, like a I don't know, peanut, you know, even smaller, yeah. some kind of seed, maybe yeah. a seed, to to the size of a medium, <laughs> uh, uh, olive. This is my favorite part about pregnancy apps is they, they instead of just referring to fruit, they'll also refer to the size of the fruit. It's like, no, no, no. I need the size of the baby. I, I, I don't I don't need you to tell me I need to find. <laughs> How come you can't just say one and a half inch olive? Like, why do you have to say medium sized green olive? Green olive. You know? Yeah. Like, just like, tell me how big the olive is. It's a medium sized cabbage. In fact, cabbage. you could just tell me, you could just tell me the baby is about one and a half inches by 0.75 inches. That would be fine. Like dimensions are good. And then you can you can measure an olive and be like, hey, babe, our baby's the size of this olive. Why don't this you olive. eat this olive so he has a friend? <laughs> <laughs> We've gotten so good at podcasting. Why aren't we millionaires? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We're so good at podcasting, oh, man. so stupid. Draw a little face on the olive before you eat it. <laughs> Attach a little, tie a little note around like a message in a bottle and yeah. eat it. Your wife starts chewing. You're like, no, no, don't, no, no, don't eat it. Oh, he's got a squished friend. It's uh, okay. Friends come in I'm going to print out a very, very tiny, tiny version. 
of the Bible, and I'm gonna stick it in this <laughs> olive. Stick it in this olive. Swallow it. Hey, baby, you want some stuffed olives? Yeah, sure. <laughs> what's this? What's in this olive? John three sixteen. <laughs> John's gospel and in the Constitution wrapped into those. So I need <laughs> I need both of those swallowed ASAP. And then every night you stand in front of your wife's belly with a bullhorn saying, We the people, in order to form a more perfect union, are you getting this? Are you getting this? Son or daughter? <laughs> or daughter. There was a there was a meme template a while back where it was like just the it was the um the headphones connected to the wife's belly and then mm-hmm. the phone was it was in view of the camera so you could see what was playing on the phone. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I I'm pretty sure I made one where it, they were they were making the baby listen to the Crunch Catholic podcast. I remember this. I think you did do that. And I was trying to find it again so I could do it again, but I was like, my wife is pregnant, so I could just recreate the meme. You could just do it. Yes. You could just do did it. Did you I do it? Take, no. Oh, you should. I should. It'd be funny. I can just hold a green. I can just put the phone up. I can have like a green background on the phone, so you can just put the put the, you know. I mean, you could just actually pull it up. I want to make a meme template. Oh, I see. For other people to use, but yes, you're right. I could also just pull up the podcast. No, we'll fix it in post. They will fix it in post. Um, topic. Topic is a baby topic. Yeah, it's a well, it's a small topic. It's not, <laughs> not the size of it, anyway. About um, the size of one and a half inch <laughs> olive. <laughs> um, I've been thinking. So everybody who listens to this podcast knows that I've got a lot of problems. There is mm-hmm. quite a bit wrong with me. No, Ethan, you're great. You're such a good friend. <laughs> everyone, everyone just slammed the brakes in their car and was like wept. <laughs> like, no, Ethan is perfect. Um, no. So I, yeah, I've got, I got a lot of stuff that I'm dealing with specifically just in the realm of, you know, media addiction, laziness, um, and just like, what some people would call drive or desire for success. I really struggle in those areas. With too much drive for no, success? No, 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 not enough. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, certainly not. Um, because I just, uh, it's very easy for me to just like quit on things. You know, as soon as something gets yeah. hard, it's kind of like, it's easy. It's shorthand way of saying it is like gifted kid syndrome. You know, like a lot of stuff came easy to me when <laughs> I was young. Yeah. And now that things are harder, I've like trained my brain to to quit or find ways to like cope with uh, mm-hmm. challenges that usually are uh, social media is like how I would, how I'd cope with those things. Yeah. 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 Um, and so I don't want to blame it all on that because uh, there's certainly other factors, but um, I'm, I'm trying to unravel all that right now. And so I, I was doing this thinking and I'm, I don't know. I just want to hear your thoughts, Patrick, as a friend. Okay. <laughs> Cause I, I'm struggling with this a lot. So, So I guess I'll give the full context. I've been uh, I'm real I really enjoy I really enjoy the NBA. You know about mm-hmm. this, the basketball, yes. the professional yeah, basketball. Yeah, the, the Golden the Golden Gate Warriors. The Golden Gate Warriors and the Dallas uh Pelicans. Um So I've been watching some games, listening to some podcasts, just like getting into this. And uh there's a particular podcast that I like called um, The Old Man and the 3. Uh-huh. Have you heard about this? No. JJ Redick, he was a player. Um and now he's retired and he does basketball. And this is all a long buildup, but I want to be people to be able to trace the path that I'm going down. And I was listening to his podcast and he did an interview with Kevin Durant and they were talking about their like pregame warmups and stuff and like talking about mm-hmm. how addicted to basketball they are, which I find to be very interesting. Like professional athletes at that level, just like 
obsessed with the game and obsessed with trying to perfect it. And when they're in the off season, they're still working out six days a week and they're still like watching film and they're working on their games and they're doing all these things. It's like when other guys in the league are taking, you know, they're going to Mexico for however many weeks. And so they were just talking about the differences in those things. I found it super interesting. I started to read more and more about what JJ specifically would do because JJ is interesting because he's, he's six, four, he's not short by any means, but his, uh, his arms are shorter than his height. And so he was an anomaly in the NBA because he could shoot really well. He was like 40 some percent from three, which is really, really good. Mm-hmm. But his arms, he was no, he's just, he's a defensive liability because he's shorter than everybody else and his arms are so small. Sure. And so he, he had to like bust his butt to be really good to like stay in the league or else he'd be kicked out and not kicked out, but like no one would play, like pay no him to play. Blame, yeah. So, he was talking about his really intense routine that he does for like practices and game day and all it's scheduled down to the, to the minute of at, I eat lunch at, at this time. And if I don't get lunch at this time, then like my game gets thrown off and like, you can see it statistically. Like he remembers the games where he he didn't get lunch at the specific time. You can see his numbers like worse, you know, wow. I sit in the tub for this amount of time and I go and I, work out for 30 minutes and then I take a nap from two to four and I wake up at four and I fall asleep in five minutes because I've trained myself to nap, like to fall asleep right away when I nap. And I'm in the locker room at this time, putting on my tights and I'm on the floor and I do this many shots from these spots. And he just has this, like, there's a really great New York times article about it actually that, um, uh, if Regan, you wanted to throw that in the description, um, it's super interesting. And he does like every Sunday he makes 342 shots exactly or something like that. Um, and so he just kind of has this really intense routine and I was thinking about that and I was thinking about where I'm at in my job and like where I'm, I'm just struggling and I'm like, okay, I, I've been out of a routine and we're traveling a lot. And, you know, there were some changes at my work that kind of changed the nature of what I was doing. And so I'm kind of settling into a spot where it's like, okay, for the next six weeks, I'm not going anywhere. Like I'm going to be here, you know, I'm not traveling, you know, I just get to, I get to hang out and, and just work, you know, solid work weeks. And so I was like, okay, I got to build a routine. I was listening to all this and I'm struggling because like on a human level, right? We know that routine is really, really good. And for guys like, Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. AJ, his ad- almost addiction and his adherence to his kind of obsessive routine is what helped him stay great for 14, 15 years in one of the hardest work environments that there is, right? Like you have to be at the yeah. top of physical performance for almost two decades to be able to have the career that he had. That's like kind of crazy, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so like I obviously want to be really successful for my family and my work. I want to be really holy. I want to be a saint. And I feel like there's a human reality where like that you have to have some kind of routine to fall back on, like habits and virtues 
essentially when you don't have the motivation or the willpower. And I was thinking about this and thinking about, you know, monasteries and how monks live. It's like, okay, they just have, they do the same thing every day. They get up at the same time. They go to bed at the same time. Masses at the same time. Work is at the same time. All it's, and so they're able to focus on everything else because they don't have sure. to think about that stuff. And then I'm thinking about Jesus in the gospels. And I'm like, that man had no routine. He'd be like, oh, we're, we're going to Galilee. Come on. We're, we're going to Samaria. Let's go. You know, oh, okay. And we're going to be here. We're actually going to stay here for three more days than I told you. Like, all right. I'm, I'll see you guys up. You guys go at the festival. I'm not going. And he actually goes, you know, it's like, it's hard for me to reconcile the humanness of how good a routine is for, for people and I, how good I think it is for me. Yeah. But then also I struggle because I want to be flexible in the same way that Jesus was and in the way that he lived. And I think I get stuck a lot, like just not wanting to commit super hard to a routine because I don't because mm -hmm. I don't live in a monastery. And I also I hesitate to commit to living like totally spirit led because like I've seen my life when I maybe not spirit led, but what my version of spirit led is, which is kind of free and flowing and, you know, I'm not committing to a super hard routine. So it's like, well, Jesus didn't wake up at the same time every day and like pray a holy hour at five 30 so that he could get to work by a certain time. Like Jesus prayed whenever he wanted and he like let the father lead him and all these things, you know, but what if the spirit leads you into a routine, Ethan? Well, that's a good question, but it's just yeah. when I go, when I'm over on this side, then I find myself just slacking off and not doing things. And so I don't want to like lose the vision of the life in the strict routine, but I also don't want to, I want to, I just wish I could talk to Jesus. Well, I can, but like, I wish he would tell me <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I actually did have a routine or actually, no, I didn't. And you're barking up the wrong tree, but like, I don't think the monks are wrong, you know, and I don't think JJ Reddick is wrong. So I'm just trying to, I've been thinking about all this stuff like kind of all day today. So thank you for listening. Uh, interesting. Yeah, of course. <laughs> thank you for listening. We'll pray. Okay. <laughs> uh, what do you think? What are your thoughts on all that? Something I've been thinking about is what is my minimum, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. when it comes to my routine, what is it that is like a stretch goal? What is it that's a goal? And what is it that's a safety? You know what I mean? Like you're mm -hmm. flying for colleges. Sure, what What sure. is it? It's and and I I kind of I've come I've come to a conclusion that one of the minimums is night prayer with my wife. Mm -hmm. Like that that always happens. It's like we're tired. We're praying before we go to bed regardless right and so that's like a floor for me that's cool that's really awesome and on like on a day where it's like i'm wall to wall and it's quite like we have sometimes there's wednesdays where i have a meeting at 8 30 and edge at for edge at night and i'm like going from thing to thing to thing from literally 8 30 until 10 p.m and it's like the only thing I can do in the morning because I was so tired was wake up and pray the invitatory from the office of readings and then read the Psalms and then go, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so like what it, I, I'm kind of being okay with the minimum, you know? Cause like it's, yeah. it's yeah. tempting to be like, well, I don't have time to pray my entire holy hour this morning. So I might as well not pray at all, which is dumb. That's something that I do sometimes. And I'm just like, Oh yeah, I do that. I did that like yesterday. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> 
what is my minimum? I think part of the part of a, a goal, right, is to just I think a, a mentality thing that I'm trying to adopt is not to be scandalized by my own inability to follow the rule of life I've set up for myself. Because you say you say Ooh. the monks have these routines, right? But it They do. They do. But you remember Father Elijah, right? Where yeah. Brother S every day was like, I failed at the rule, but I'm going to do perfectly tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And he just mm-hmm. kept, oh no, I was talking during a period of silence, or I forgot my prayers, or I did this thing. And if you visit any Benedictine monastery and you have a chance to chat with some of those priests or monks, they will tell you the exact same thing. Yes. Like every day they struggle or one of the people that they're with struggles or that they notice this person always doing this, or they always fall short at this. Like it's, it's not perfection. You're certainly correct. Yeah. And so I think part of a really big, a really big struggle, right. Is to not become scandalized by failure to adhere to the rule. But Patrick, I'm perfect. And, and that's, don't you know that it's a pharisaical attitude because mm-hmm. the Pharis- the problem with the Pharisees, oh, here we go, was that they that they did an understandable thing from an outside killing, perspective. Killing God? No, 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 no. Before that. No, no. Oh. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. They they were like, we don't have a temple, so mm-hmm. we're going to establish the home as the temple, and we're going to establish mm-hmm. all these purity laws, like the priest, like the dad is the priest, and we're going to do purification and all this stuff. And that was a way to live the live the the life of a temple sacrifice without without a temple without a to temple. live the law yeah. without a temple. Yes. And so, like, hmm. we set up these rules that are good and holy and pious things, but they are not the end goal. And certainly, then when the pr- a problem for us, right, is like when someone breaks the law that we have set up for ourselves, we are scandalized by it. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing about laws. Every law is an instantiation of the natural law. Mm -hmm. But by that, because it's not, it's not the natural law. So Aquinas talks about how every law is abridgeable. Every law is annullable. Every law, every law, every human law, because it is every human, every human law, because it's not the 10 commandments. Certainly not a human law. Not a human, law. but that, that's the point, right? It's like it's like the Ten Commandments are not that specific. They're very sure. general. They're very, they general. very general. Yeah, especially because it's like okay, so do not kill. Like under what circumstances, right? There's there's some that are that are less that are less uh, less cut. They're pretty cut and dry. Like do not commit adultery. Pretty obvious, right? Um, but honor your father and mother, right? Like how do you do that? Yeah. And so Bernard of Clairvaux talks about how like you know following the spirit in your routine. Like we talk about this, right? He's, he mm-hmm. says don't deny someone who needs you because you have to finish your holy hour, but I have to do a holy hour every day. Okay. But God obviously sent someone to you in that moment. Mm -hmm. So like, don't, you know, gosh, this is so hard. Right. And it's, it is hard because it's like, but that's the thing is the holy hour is for you, not you for the holy hour. Yes. It's, it's why, it's why Christ was not sinning, even though it was scandalous. Like Phoebe was scandalized when we watched the chosen and even though we, had, I was kind of scandalized. It's like, anyway, he's like, yeah, it's okay. You can eat, you can eat grain on the Sabbath. You can p- mm-hmm. pluck grain on the Sabbath. Now like, that is kind of scandalous. If that's part of their law, then like, why is he allowing it? Yeah. And he just totally like, looks like a crazy guy. Cause I'm like, yeah, they are kind of harvesting and you're not supposed to harvest on the Sabbath. And then none of the, 
none of them question it and they all just like follow him and like wait a minute did jesus start a cult you know like yeah. it looks that way from the and pharisees I, point of view they're like this cult leader just convince all these people to commit a sin yeah and i was like i was like oh no like that's kind of i, I kind of get it you kind of got to give it up to him like i understand <laughs> you do not under any circumstances have to give it up to them <laughs> have to give it up to them <laughs> But it, it was, it was, it was, it's somewhat yeah, scandalous, yeah. right? Because, but you know, mm-hmm. when you take a step back and you think, okay, well, these laws were put into play. There's, Jesus makes a good point. He's, it's, <laughs> duh. God was right here. Is it lawful to do harm or to do good on the Sabbath? You should do good. Exactly. And so he's, he's saying, I'm feeding these people. And is it really harvesting? Like, let's be honest here. Or are we just being super strict? It's the same thing that Adam did in the garden. He told Eve, you can't even touch this tree. But that's not true. It's not true what they said. That's not what he said. You can touch the tree. You have to touch the tree because you have to cultivate it. So like, so it's, it's, it's creating a hedge around the sin so that you don't. But that's the thing, right? Sometimes you have to cross the hedge. Mm-hmm. And it's scandalous, but you have to get over it because like it's. Because there's people over there. There's people over there that need to be, they need to be stopped from touching the tree. You know, like from from touching the fruit. Please, please do not bake the fruit from the forbidden tree into a delicious pie. <laughs> do it, please. What if that was the law in the garden? <laughs> that was. What if? What if that was the whole? They didn't put this in Genesis, but maybe the lizard comes up and he's like, "What if you put it in a pie and you ate it? What if you put it in a pie <laughs> and we ate it together?" I, but look, look here, it's not invented yet. I have whipped cream. <laughs> <laughs> whipped cream. <laughs> He just hold the, the devil like holds ready whip. <laughs> Aerosol whipped cream. <laughs> Wait till you hear about it. God is going to get very mad because this put hole in ozone. <laughs> I don't know what accent we're doing. I'm sure someone's going to be. It's upset, Russian. Right? They're fine. You, they'll take oh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah you stupid American. Okay, yeah, bad. So now the, be- this- the best part, the best part about world wars is why everyone is all of a sudden okay with racism. <laughs> that's, that's a true thing. That was a joke for legal reasons. That's a joke. (laughs) (laughs) I love what you said. And I think, I think two things have to be true for lay people who are pursuing holiness and excellence in their, their life. At no point are we invited to live a life of mediocrity. Like if we're really living up to what God wants us to do, we're going to be doing our jobs excellently we're gonna be excellent parents we're gonna be excellent husbands excellent wives like we are going to be living everything that we're in to the fullest right and this is what you see from all of the saints it's like doesn't matter what they were if you're a king if you're uh, a peasant right all of the saints lived it excellently it didn't matter and so we have that invitation right now it's very, very challenging to be excellent it's very challenging to live excellently because everything is so easy you know like you got oh we need some food walmart oh we need some pants walmart i want to give food to the home walmart walmart (laughs) (laughs) um or you know even more complex things like even to take your example like feeding the homeless it's like well my taxes go to welfare and you know that helps the homeless like it's very easy to rational way rationalize away the the challenging parts of living a human life. And you can get a job that's a job in corporate America. Not everybody can. 
so I shouldn't say that, but um, with a little bit of, you know, little bit of work, you can get into a job where you can collect a salary for doing something that is not very critical to anybody's life or well-being. You know, you can make 50K a year doing not much. Yeah. At a lot of places. You can make 50, you can make 50K a year going downtown and, and playing office all day and then going home. Correct. And I'm not saying this to diminish anybody that has worked very hard in these jobs. I'm not trying to diminish anybody who has a job like that. I'm not trying to diminish the, the rise and grind. Correct. Well... Uh, I'm just saying, if you compare the work that we do today and the amount of money we make doing it, it's just easy. Just easy compared to what, you know, you see those pictures of the Pittsburgh coal miners that are all shoved into the elevators that are, you know, that die from lung cancer. And you're like, okay, I'm doing fine. So all this to say, you have to do it excellently. I don't know if there were coal mines in Pittsburgh. The coal mines, you know. The coal mines in Pittsburgh. They're near... Pennsylvania, right? Clean coal. Yeah, nice, clean coal. And we have ended the war on beautiful, clean coal. You live in the Rust Belt, so it's just coal miners and J.D. Vance fans. Yeah, the Rust Belt. Rust, famous for coming from coal. (laughs) I don't know what else they mine. I don't know if Pittsburgh is famous for steel. Steel. Is, yes. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Iron City. I see light. That's the that's the Pittsburgh beer. It probably would not be socially appropriate to begin a football team that was the coal burners, don't you think? That probably <laughs> would not go well. No. Um, they would be they would be the cleanest. They'd be the cleanest team. You shouldn't assume that uh, that sports teams' names have anything to do with the region because the Pittsburgh Penguins, there's no penguins here, <laughs> except for the zoo. There's no penguins, yeah. There's no kings in Sacramento. Stupid. Okay, so we need two things need to be true at the same time. One, we need to be excellent. Two, we need to recognize that we are not always excellent, and that just sucks. Like, I struggle so hard. Like if I don't wake up at the time that I've set for myself and pray my holy hour at the time that I've set for myself, it is so, so hard for me to go about the rest of my day. It's so challenging to then go to work and act like everything's normal and act like, like if I, or even if I make time for the holy hour and I fall asleep or like, I'm not very attentive or it's not very good holy hour, same deal. It's like, I have such a, a crazy high expectation and so I think we need to be more ambitious about the routines that we set for ourselves. And I think we need to really, like, we probably have a lot to learn from these, like, NBA players and from the monks in kind of a weird way uh, because of the strict routines that they set for themselves. And when you stick to it, right, if you ask any monk, it's like, what's the best time of your life that you've had? It's like when I stuck to my routine and I, like, allowed the, the spirit to move in my, my soul while I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. Like, that was the time that I felt closest to God. Right. You know, same thing. Right. When, when were you the most successful in the NBA? When I stuck to my routine every single day and I pushed my boundaries, you know, and I, and I had accountability and I didn't, I didn't compromise. Right. Like I wasn't complacent. Um, And so I think there's a human and spiritual reality there that like, okay, we need to be more ambitious with those things. But on the flip side, the, the monk who obsessively sticks to his routine and, and doesn't deviate ever and like doesn't allow himself uh, any like level of human weakness for the sake of keeping up the routine 
is also not doing the right thing. Yeah. And that's what spiritual directors are for, is to like help, you know, these guys navigate it. And in theory, that's what, you know, good friends and good community and your priests and all these things are for out here on the on the flip side. But I think that's where I really, really, really like I one, I set I set goals that are ambitious in the wrong ways. And two, when I inevitably fail, then I just completely collapse. And then there's no way for me to come back. Um, do you think we're the only people that experience this? Do you think anybody else kind of goes through this? I think nobody else does. Sorry, everyone. Sorry. Podcast is personal personal therapy again. No, I'm kidding. I think everybody struggles with this. I don't know if that was clear. Okay. The routine is for our weakness. Yes. Right? That's why... All of the middle class got to work from home <laughs> and uh, they all found out how easy it was to not do anything if no one is paying attention <laughs> and how easy it is to not do work if you don't have to wake up and get into the office by nine. Yeah. And I think we underestimate how much routine we actually already have. Because if you think about what is your minimum, what is your minimum? Your minimum is that your butt's in that office seat. By a certain time. By a certain time. Yeah. And that's a routine. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it is. But I think if, if, you're, if you're consistently failing in a routine. Just quit. Just browse Twitter and never try. That's what I do. I think that's time to examine. Is it helping you? If you're if you're consistently failing in a routine to say, you know what, I'm going to keep holding myself to this standard I'll never meet. That's kind of like mean to yourself. Sounds like hell. Sounds awful. I mean, I think yeah. I think we have this this image of this image of this perfect monastic life where it's easy to become holy because everyone else is doing it. If you read the rule of St. Benedict, he makes it very clear that if someone is un- incapable of achieving some part of the rule, then you need to they need to not be held to that standard. You don't have to, for work and for your spiritual life, that's true. Like there are some people who just have like a crazy, like probably an unhealthy addiction to their job or an unhealthy obsession with success. And they're on the surface, it's going to be like, man, I'm not doing what that guy's doing. Or I'm not, I'm not doing what everybody else in my office is doing. I'm not doing what everybody else like. And I, you know, it's like, you can't. You need to evaluate yourself based on where am I at with the Lord? Where am I at my vocation? You know, are those two things are the critical things. Um, but we we so often just look outwards all the time. It's and it's just so Patrick. It's so easy. It's so easy to look at people like, oh man, Patrick writes all these articles, and I like I always talk about how I want to write articles, but I never freaking write anything. Ethan, you hate writing articles. I know, but I don't write do it. articles. That's, you hated it. We exactly. wrote an article for Life, and you were banging your head against the desk for two weeks, and I was like, it was longer than that. I put it off for like two months. <laughs> oh my gosh, you hated it. Don't it do like, it. It got like lots of likes on the Life Team website, though. So yeah. maybe I should be a writer. It was a good article. Thank you. That's very nice. But you see what I'm saying. No, I definitely, I definitely hold myself to a higher standard because it's like you have you have these guys that wake up at four thirty every morning, and every military guy turned influencer is like, you gotta wake up at four thirty in the morning because everybody else is still sleeping. You're up there, out there grinding. I'm like, okay, so if everyone wakes up at four thirty, do you then have to wake up at two thirty? That's what right. I want to know. Is my grind level dependent upon when other people are not, in fact, grinding? This is this is a this is a false. Yeah, it's a zero sum game. It is a zero sum game, and it's and not. it. 
Yeah, the 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 whole the whole is it I forget is it David Goggins or is it uh Gro- Jocko. Jocko Willink? It's Jocko's yeah. like you gotta wake up because the enemy's training. And I'm like, hey, Jocko, guess what? The enemy, I don't have any enemies. It, they're not people. Any enemies that I have are certainly not training. Any man of mine, he better walk the line. <laughs> Regan, you're gonna have to put that reference in because I don't Shania Twain. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> the wife of Mark Twain. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, wait. No, that was just really. You've had a couple of good ones today. I'm very thankful. This is a pretty good podcast. We need a podcast at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time all the time. With a Budweiser, official drink of the Crunch Catholic Podcast. <laughs> the king of beers for the king of podcasts. Hey. Patrick, go ahead to Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner. And if I change my mind, a million I wanna hear him say, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called communication, baby. All right. Welcome to Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner, sponsored by Shania Twain. Update on Morocco? The guy that wanted to go to Morocco. Wait a second. Hold on. What? Hold on. Talk to me. The, the, remember the guy that went to wanted to go to Morocco for the girl on, that he met online, and we were like, don't go. You might get stoned to death. Do you remember this? Peter and I lost contact for a bit because I ended up getting COVID. I, when I got better, things started getting busier. I never had time to meet with him until recently. We caught up on the phone, and he told me that the girl from Morocco wasn't putting in the same effort into the relationship, so he got fed up and dumped her harder than the Patriots dumped team <sighs> nice. to the harbor. That was funny. So he's forced to no longer contact with her. Thank goodness. Dude, 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 dude. The guy who's – so this was a guy his submitting friend. a question about yeah. his friend. But it was the same guy from last time who worked oh, at Kohl's and talked to the no girl. Way. The Doctor Things Dating Corner Cinematic Universe so. is expanding. What? You gotta add it in the Avengers music, Regan. <laughs> that that would that'd be pretty funny. Or sync my voice up with the music. I want to hear Ethan <laughs> screaming the Avengers yes. theme yes. while it plays in the background. <laughs> it is the same guy, same guy, same wow. guy. That's wow. Crazy. Update on Morocco. That's crazy. Yeah, I already read delete. that. So I'm gonna I'm gonna delete that from the Doctor Ethan's Daily Corner podcasting cinematic universe. And then okay, so we've got a Doctor Ethan's Daily Corner, and it's the last one for a while. Unless you guys submit, go to the Discord to get the link. If you do not submit, then we must quit. We must quit. <laughs> this could be the end of Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner. Oh, oh man. man. I know. This is crazy. Sad Avengers music. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Ethan, I don't feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> no, Nurse Patrick, no. <laughs> Being single in a foreign country, dropping the handkerchief, etc. 
Hi, so here's some context for these big questions I'm about to throw at you. A study abroad gift for my friend. I offered to submit some of her dating questions to Dr. Ethan's Dating Corner, so here we are. What a gift. She and I are 21 years old and attend a university with a vibrant Catholic community. Oh, is it Franciscan? Oh, no. Okay, now it's in Prague. Go Bears. Go Bears. Currently, my friend is studying abroad in Europe for the spring semester. What's her name? Anyway, uh, here... <laughs> Here are her questions. Uh, feel free to answer as few or as many as you wish. How does one start dating? Can you huh. send Catholic men to Prague, please? Um, I think the underlying sentiment is, how do I find young men in Prague? How does one drop a handkerchief, indicate interest in a guy, while giving him the opportunity to respond? What is the best gift I can give my future husband as a single woman? Whoa. Um, a Roth IRA. Is being single at <laughs> home? <laughs> Secured treasury bonds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Honey, guess what? Opens laptop, shows her my shows him my Vanguard profile. Yes. <laughs> wow, amazing. Um, and is being a stay-at-home single woman a legit vocation? Thanks so much. We love the freaking pod. Hey, thank you. Thank you for listening to the freaking pod. Join us on Discord, please. Thank you. Bit.ly slash crunch Discord. Can you repeat the first question? Uh, how does one start dating? How do you do anything? Like, I don't understand. This question bewildered how does, me. How does any agreement begin, right? right? With a, a, signed, a yes. signed document notarized by a, a public notary. A obviously. public notary. A, not- a notary public, excuse with, me. With your fingerprints in your own blood on the on the addendum page. And so. little footprints, too. It's just so official, yeah. you got to dip your foot in ink and dip it on the page. Yes. And then also your social security number has to be on it. And also... Um, your Tax dad's made or name. alternatively your dad's <laughs> identification number <laughs> um, or your EIN. How do you start dating? You develop a friendship with a person of the opposite gender and you uh, enjoy spending time with them. And then you exclusively decide to, to date each other. Yes. Doesn't dating doesn't necessarily mean that you're intentionally pursuing a, a marriage per se. Like you can be casually dating someone and getting to know them. At a certain point, dating needs to converge to either we're we're intentionally pursuing marriage together or we're just going to stay friends. And so, no, dating, this is. I thought this is how you started dating. How do you start dating, Patrick? You meet a girl. Oh, kind of like. All right, slow develop down. Develop a friendship because you're a naturally charismatic person. You develop feelings and you do not tell her at all for years, and you watch her. You watch her. You watch her date guys, break up with guys, date guys, break up with guys. Maybe kind of show your feelings a couple of times. Never actually ask her out, and then hope that one day she says that she wants to be your girlfriend. Keep putting yourself in positions with a girl who's your friend who does not know that you're interested. Um, putting yourselves in one-on-one positions like late at night, just hoping, just hoping that eventually it's going to work out. That you're going to be able to. He's making kissy faces. I'm making kissy faces into my microphone. It's not the first time that I've done this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my other last podcast time was, that last I do. Time, last time was with uh, Josh Taylor from... No, <laughs> no. We gotta delete that episode from the internet. Regan, delete that episode for us. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm the one paying you. Please stop. Neither of us are paying In so, shout outs. <laughs> paying him in shout outs. So... Yeah, talk about it. That's how you start dating. I know. Just you could text her. What I've done before, I said, "Hey, we should hang out sometime." And then they say, "Sounds great." 
And then your like internal Catholic guilt kicks in. You're like, man, I'm just trying to hang out with this girl because I want to make out with her. And then you don't end up hanging out with her. And then it's just like, then she, then you do get up the courage to ask her out eventually. And she doesn't want to because you've already agreed to hang out. But then you backed out because you were scared. Um, so you could do that. I did that for four years in college. Pretty fun. I I love if you guys. This is Pat, Professor Patrick's book corner. Um, if you if you are a person who. Um, is unlucky in love. Um, this is this is uh, one of the best books I've ever read. It's a it's a memoir by this guy Josh Sundquist. He's a a, a Paralympian skier. He only has one leg, and um, he's hilarious. He wrote this book called We Should Hang Out Sometime. This is how did what? <clears throat> how does he ski? Wouldn't that just be snowboarding? <laughs> he's a Paralympic skier. Um, sure. So does he get another leg? Like, do they donate legs? I don't know. I don't know, man. How does he ski? Patrick, is it you, like, cannot, is it like- <laughs> you cannot bring up a one-legged skier on this podcast and expect me to just, don't oh, see you later. Let's just keep moving. <laughs> I We're not on the bunny slope, pal. It's like, we are in a podcast. It's like snowboarding, except it's always straight down. You never go sideways. I don't. I don't so know. He's just. He's just perfectly centered. <laughs> his body mass doesn't tilt. His his leg is in the middle of his torso, and he's just riding once, whoosh, whoosh, like some kind of character out of Monsters Inc. You're. T- I don't believe it. So he's not only not only is he a Paralympic skier, he is also a bodybuilder, um, and he's uh, he he's pretty jacked. He. Uh, they have to give him another leg. They have to. He's a comedian, a Paralympian, and a bodybuilder, and a Halloween enthusiast. I don't care what he does in his free time. He, um, okay. Tell me how he skis. Just don't fall. Is it? How does he ski? How does he ski? Oh, he does, uh, he does some fun, some fun Halloween costumes. Like, he was an IHOP sign, which I think is hilarious. He was in a flamingo. Um, okay, I do, I'm familiar with this person. Yeah, yes. you've probably seen his, he's also allergic to this. water. Okay. Um. Skiing is an interesting profession to pick. Let me see. I can't find any ski pictures. Like, oh, I'm allergic to peanuts. Where do you work? A peanut factory. The peanut factory. Uh, but this is not why I brought him up. I brought him up because this... Uh, oh, he does look like Tom Hiddleston. Um, he was a blizzard oh, one year. Ski. <laughs> I'm looking for pictures. You How does he ski? Through. How does he ski? I, I don't care about his book until you tell uh, me. How does he ski? I don't know. I, I don't. What do you? I bet I could find it in three seconds, and you're just being difficult. One-legged skier guy. Images. Okay, so he do, he does he just has the one leg. Yeah. Thank you. Just one leg, and he's skiing on one leg. Anyway, continue. I just needed to know. Wow, a lot of people skiing with one leg. Okay, so he wrote a book called We Should Hang Out Sometime, and it opens like this, and I love it. Um, When I was 25 years old, it came to my attention I had never had a girlfriend. (laughs) At the time, I was under the impression I was in a relationship, so as you can imagine, this bit of news came (laughs) as quite of a shock. (laughs) <laughs> I answered a call outside on the sidewalk. You always remember exactly where you were when you found out your girlfriend has a boyfriend who isn't you. It was my mm. friend Dan. Listen, oh said Dan. No one else wanted to tell you this. All right? I'm really sorry. Okay. Charlotte has a boyfriend. He blurted it out as a continuous word. Right. I know. I'm her boyfriend. There was a pause. It's not you. Oh. 
he goes on like a, 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 little, a quick little jaunt through his past with all the girls he's ever liked and he like has conversations with them and like what's wrong with me is like the, the right, basic right and yeah, he, he is he it. is he is married now i think he's married to the girl from the end of the book um, that's good yeah so it's it's cool it's really cool can we just lightning round the rest of her questions here Oh yeah, sure. Uh, how do, can you send Catholic men to Prague, please? No, uh, how do you meet? I don't know how to meet men in a foreign country. I think the same way you meet them anywhere, which is um, probably start an Instagram account and wait for them to show up. I don't. I really don't know. I have no clue. Yeah, I mean, start at your college if you go to a, if you're studying abroad at like a college campus. Yeah, or your local parish yeah. would be a good thing too. If you can't. If that doesn't work, the guys hang out at soccer matches and the nightclub in Europe. That's those are the two places you're guaranteed to find a guy. And in Prague, if you can't find them, join them. <laughs> How does one drop a handkerchief indicate interest in a guy while giving him the opportunity to respond? I think you're cute. Would you like to take me out on a date? Boom. I hear Europeans enjoy people who are go into the bathroom. Hey, I know you guys are European. Wait a minute. Let me try that again. <laughs> I know I know right now you guys are European. No. I know European, but I'm a skiing with one leg. American. <laughs> with <laughs> one leg. What was the last question? <laughs> uh, what is the best gift I can give my future husband as a single woman? I, I honestly don't know the answer to that question. I think you need to become the holiest person that you can be. Yeah. And you don't need to worry about... Oh, I need to write all these letters or I need to. Oh yeah. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Don't worry about any of that. Just grow in holiness as much as you possibly can. Cultivate a life of charity, cultivate a life of silence, cultivate peace in your life. Start to root out the things that you know are weighing you down that you know will, will harm you in a marriage. You can't prepare for everything, but what you can do is like, just take an honest look at yourself and say like, well, I really have these bad habits that I know I'm going to have to get rid of eventually. And so I might as well start start now um if you come into marriage with already a habitual disposition to do the good towards the poor towards other people towards children towards yourself you know you make time for god on your own without anybody telling you to it's like you're in pretty good shape and then how is is being a stay-at-home single woman a legit vocation i don't know um is being single a vocation it's uh, a tough uh wait hold on you can't don't be i mean a stay-at-home single woman how are you going to make money are you going to work from home? Right. That's, I mean, consecrated virginity is a reality. Yes, but usually that's in community. A sense, I mean, kind of. Tentative, no, but I would just need to know more about what. If you are single and you're a woman and you don't have a boyfriend or a potential religious vocation, that doesn't mean you're not doing, you're doing something wrong. It just might not be a vocation per se. Yeah. And there's certainly holy single people who were not religious that were consecrated that are, or, or even not consecrated. Um, so there's nothing wrong with being single, but you can't just remain in like a non-committed open to marriage, open to religious life. Like you can't stay there forever. Cause that's not, yeah, that's kind of the thing. At a certain point you have to be like, yep, I'm not right. And yeah. you can stay at home. Nothing wrong with staying at home. Nothing wrong with working if you're a woman. Um, but just, what makes the most sense? Like use you got to use your reason there. 
Yeah. It's because I don't know your situation. So cool. So that was that was the end of uh, Bam. We basically answered every question. We are ever so there. good at podcasting. Oh my gosh, uh, people, uh, more you guys got to pay us so much money. Okay. Uh, tell the people what they need to know about our show. If you thought this episode was worth a dollar or more, five bucks a month, patreon.com adds up to about a dollar an episode. We really appreciate it. We would love to, um, we would love to be able to make this podcast more of a, of a real job than it is now. (laughs) And so that Patreon is a big part of that. Um, if you can't do that, it honestly super helps to leave a review on iTunes and Spotify. It seriously does. It helps with visibility. So please, if you haven't done that yet, or if you haven't done it recently, do it again. And if you don't listen on Spotify, go over there anyway. If you don't listen on iTunes, go over there anyway. And then finally, I like this podcast more now that we have a community that's yes there. I used to just think it was me and Patrick. And I was like, man, this is a lonely island. I think I think the, the Discord has become the inevitable catalyst of us taking the podcast to the next level because we have so many people who are like, we want you to... So please do it. Like we want you to do more. So please do more. Um, yeah. So please, please, please join the Discord because we want you to help us drive this to a place that's gonna be fun for everybody. Um, so yeah. So join the Discord. Bit.ly/crunchdiscord. If you boost the Discord, we can get our own Discord link. <laughs> but I'm not gonna ask you to do that because that's too many calls to action. Here's what you do: pick one of those calls to action. Do one today. Don't do all of them. You're going to forget bit.ly slash crunch discord, patreon.com slash the crunch iTunes or Spotify review, please. That's it. There are very good odds that by this time next week, your child will be out the womb. That's true. So say some prayers for Patrick and Phoebe and baby Leo Nevi uh, name drop on the pod. Um, I'm sure. I think we've done that already, but I think, yeah, I think so. We, we haven't met him, though. So if he looks like a Patrick, we're probably just going to name him Patrick the Fourth. Oh, you have to do that. I mean, I love the name Leo. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But Patrick the Fourth is so powerful and right? strong. <laughs> like, I don't know anybody who's a fourth generation fourth. anything. A fourth, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, not, not even named the fourth, but, like, I only know people with grandparents. I don't know if anybody that I know has great-grandparents. You see what I mean? Yeah. Dead or alive. Like, America started in 1945, right? And so to imply that something exists before then, pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Pretty cool to be like, oh, I'm the. Fourth. Everybody's everybody's pushing for Patrick. We'll see. Patrick we'll see. We'll meet him first. first. Patrick Navy the first was like born in 1614. You know, like that's wild <laughs> to me. That's not true. And then you're the third, and then the fourth. He's gonna born in he 2022. Was, he was born. My my grandfather was born in 1920 something. That's. And his grandfather was born probably in like 1902. <laughs> no, 1930-something. No, his grandfather was born in the 1800s. <laughs> That's awesome. So pray for Patrick, pray for the baby, and pray for Emma, if you're thinking about praying for yeah. pregnant people. Um, we're all about that. Uh, Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Gotta remember one of the bits. Um, name, name some name some bits that we did. We did the joke about the olives. We did the joke about Bill Gates. We did the joke yeah. about the Avengers. We did the joke about, um, 
Elon Musk at the beginning putting the internet on Mars and yeah. people wanting Mars Tinder. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on, hold on. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Support the Crunch on Patreon so that we can be the first and only podcast on Mars. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we will see you all next week. Bum, 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 bum. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.